0: Welcome to the Innovation Today podcast, where we speak with today's technology leaders about how they're innovating to stay ahead of changing industry dynamics and reaching new levels of productivity and automation. Brought to you by ServiceNow, your partner in digital transformation.
1: All right. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Innovation Today podcast. I'm your host, Spencer B. Miller. I'm a field innovation officer at ServiceNow, and today, we're super excited to welcome John Rook Jones, the senior solutions architect at Beyond 20. Welcome, Rook. Thanks, Spence. I'm excited to be here. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: man, it kind of feels like I'm introducing a, a WWE candidate, John. Yeah, let's not go there. No. I need I need like entry music and all of that, and that's that'd be a little awkward. We'll work on queuing that up for next one. <laughs> Well, awesome. Today, we're
1: going to dive into the topics of, of service ops and the growing importance of services in organizations, large and small. John, a little bit, maybe first about yourself, your role and your interest in the area, just to get the, uh, the audience understanding of, of
0: where you come from. Okay. So uh, my name is John Jones. Everybody knows me as Rook. I've been in the ServiceNow ecosystem for over 12 years. I started as a client. I was one of the original discovery clients back when Doug Schultze was uh, kind of running that program. Uh, back when 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 uh, ServiceNow was in the roundhouse there in San Diego. I got to visit there and that's where I got to meet everybody. Um, so I am a ServiceNow CTA, um, also AWS certified. Uh, I mostly work in the ITOM space, operations management. I have over close to 30 years of operations experience I've run large company data centers and operations centers so i bring all of that to my experience that i help clients then help understand you know why is cmdb important and why do why are the itom products so important and how do they dovetail into itsm so this is this is a great opportunity to talk about
1: that. yeah amazing and what what initially got you excited about about ITOM or CMDB, you know, you've been doing this for thirty years, and you kind of hung your hat on it in the career. What's
0: what? What's it do for you? Uh, I think where I kind of get all of my energy is from helping organizations as they do implementations of some like discovery to bring in and populate their CMDB. They're starting to realize just how much that can empower their automation and their processes internally, and so that really. I guess it brings me a lot of energy and joy to help them realize that and to, uh, bring them up to speed and they start to realize why all that's important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What a lovely act of service getting to to help the customers that you serve, serve their businesses better in a more, more connected fashion. That's kind of how I view service ops in general is just connecting the fabric of the organization. I'm, I'm curious so in general I mean cmdb is not new csdm maybe the modeling around it is is a little bit new on the thought process but this is something that's been around for a while so what are we seeing in the industry right now what do we what are your customers coming to you with with asks and where where can we where can we start to kind of
0: level set what the conversation of a cmdb would would, would be like so a lot of things that we're seeing or I'm specifically seeing with clients in the in the field is that First off, a lot of organizations don't understand why CMDB is so important. They don't understand why that is important specifically within a platform that they're using for a lot of organizations, ticketing. Um, So it really helps to bring a perspective to them where we are showing why service-oriented operations becomes very important, especially in a cloud-first age. Um, With everybody doing the whole cloud migration, uh, digital transformation, and all of that movement right now, we're seeing that a lot of organizations, once we start conversations about CSDM, they realize that they're already service-oriented in thinking because they're already talking about services that are up or down, events that are happening to services. And so... Just bringing that full circle within the platform to show them that, Hey, you can represent this within your CMDB so that you can tie all of event management into it. So that when something happens in your environment, then it's automatically bubbling up to business users, for instance, or your service desk, as if there is an issue with this service and that really kind of changes the game for a lot of organizations. Uh, even if they don't use the term service oriented, they're thinking in other ways.
1: That's yeah, that's that's actually a great level today. I mean, servers in general, if I if I think about how to boil it down to something really simplistic, like we're explaining it to our grandparents, it's really just asking of something from another department. It's asking for information, it's asking to be in the know, or it's asking to get help and get something done, right? So well, allowing that to then relate to the overall mesh of, of where that infrastructure lies and how it relates to that service just enables all departments to be more informed along the process. So you talked about business users there, business users being front and center at, at of where to make directions of buying decisions and where to make directions of where the company is going. And the more that they can understand how their operations are flowing on on the back end with the relational incidents and relational changes and how things are being requested from the organization then they're that much more empowered to make better decisions
0: for how the business is going to operate and how they can serve their customers. Exactly. I mean, one of the examples I tend to use with customers is, are you including your business consumers or your business owners of your services in your cab meet? Yeah. So that they're aware. Uh, A lot of organizations will do things like they'll add their business owners of services as approvers to changes. Right. But those approvers are never going to deny a change because they really, honestly, when you get down to it, they don't know what's happening. They just know that they want to be on that notification list. So that's an example that I use to help people understand if, as you move towards service op- oriented operations and you're presenting things to where everything is all connected, your business users are no longer being presented with infrastructure information. So we're going to make a change to database server ABC. They don't care. They don't know. That doesn't click for them as to what that's going to impact. Whereas if you say, we're going to be changing the Acme widget database server, then suddenly they say, oh, hey, we've got a big marketing campaign going out on Friday night. We can we push off this change? So it really kind of brings the organization all together when they can see from that higher level instead of down in the weeds at the infrastructure level. And I think that's one of the major benefits is uh, you start to bring the organization together on these items.
1: Yeah, which in turn further empowers IT to be kind of the driving spoke of innovation for the company and all the heroes. T- yeah, the heroes of the company. I like that. What's what in 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 your thirty years of experience, what? <laughs> How, how do you do that? How do you connect the business users to the technologist or the operations team un, underneath that, you know, I, I would imagine sometimes you get pushback from the business user saying they're too busy, they don't have enough time, or what's the value in it for, you know, sharing 30 minutes of my day to join the cab meeting, for instance. With, how have you found success to
0: blend those two bridges or, or combine those two parts of the org? Oh, so many types of answers I could give. The first one would be a good demonstration to the business owners, uh, usually at like a VP level, uh, showing them like a CIO dashboard Yeah, uh, where everything is, is service oriented. Like the Acme widget service has, it's in a orange state or a yellow state, and here's why you can click on it and showing them that sort of front end interface as to what's happening right now in their organization. I think it really engages them. They, they, it gets them out of email. It gets them out of depending on their phone a little bit, and it, it engages them into the conversation so they can, they can click in, look at the incident, see what's happening, who's working on it, and get their information that way. Another way that I think that this becomes very inclusive is that it starts to bring their expertise into the whole. I, I call it a, you know, a mapping exercise or a modeling exercise when you start uh, talking from the CSDM perspective. So that is really the angle that I think helps bring those owners in. Yeah. To me, it it, it it's allowing the,
1: it's allowing that tie to be able to create that natural bonds that needs to happen already. So now it's almost like we're all reading from the same sheet of music, to use an analogy, right? We're oh, rather, I like that. Rather than the business users kind of having their own view of what's happening in the org and and how it's progressing, and then the operational and technologists kind of viewing their 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 piece of the pie from the infrastructure that it all relies on, you're you're starting to blend those two gaps together that
0: allow for that relation to now create a nice synergy. So I th- I find that. A lot of organizations when they are dealing with that the synergy as you put it they're already used to a view the business users are used to a view where they can pull up a page and it's telling them this is how your service is doing uh it's got a bar graph that says you know 99 percent availability for all of your customers and then there was this big dip and then uh, correlated to that dip is an incident right so yeah. there, i think business users already have that expectation and ServiceNow is starting to, with the CSDM, that's how they tie the back end to the front end, right. and now that's how you can get that that reporting out. So as you can show that to your business users, that's when they say, oh, this is important. Totally. Yeah, that's a great solidifying point.
1: Now, uh, we've, we've mentioned CSDM a little bit. <laughs> And I think you and I have talked about this prior to this call And candidly, this isn't necessarily an easy subject and it's not something you do once and set it and forget it. And it's, and it's done. It's a continual progressing format to be able to help to, to strategize and run a business around. So when, when you think about this, I I know that you've shared kind of this important importance around an organizational approach or how to take it, not just from one, one single department, but a, a holistic lens, let, let, let's maybe walk through or, or talk us through how you how you think about that understanding of, of a CSDM from an
0: organizational approach. So the underlying driving factor for that is that just like your CMDB, your environment is constantly changing. In a thriving business, things are moving very quickly. You're adding infrastructure, you're adding services that are now contributing to your delivery of service to your consuming um, customers. So the CSDM is constantly evolving uh, in the sense that services are being removed. You're replacing with you know, version 2.0 um, based on feedback. You're doing development internally. All of your environment is constantly changing. So it is another reason why the business owner should be involved into that conversation. Because at, once you start involving multiple organizations outside of IT, so now you're involving security, you're involving development teams, you're involving business owners who are guiding that development based on the feedback that they're getting from their customers, you, or you start dealing with silos. I mean, to be completely frank, right? So this is normally where we see that the best solution to that type of siloed effort is to have a C-level officer, normally a CIO or um, along that level help coordinate between those silos and help remove the roadblocks for those teams to help make decisions along the way. Say this takes priority over this and we need to get this done because of the business drivers and and so on. So it's definitely something that sort of elevates the conversation so that it does involve everyone. Everyone becomes aware of why these changes are being made or or why these um, conversations are important so that it's uh, it's not deprioritized by individual attendees to these meetings
1: yeah is there a way to do that (laughs) uh non-punitively so like in a in a more enticing manner than a you know executive leadership saying hey we all got to get on board to be a more service-oriented organization and we're taking an organizational approach to CSDM rather than a mandate is there a way to do it by almost by leading by uh, engagement or leading by some type of enticement for a value add to be able
0: to join into that type of thought process? Uh, <clears throat> well, I've seen organizations where the business users were frustrated because they could not get changes that they believed they needed and that they wanted prioritized and say the development of the application that they were offering to their customers. So the, the lure. If you want to call it that, to the table was, hey, if you attend, you get a voice at the table. You get to prioritize this over that, and you get to set the priority for the development team. And that was the trade-off for the development team getting more input from the business side. So, so it gives them agency,
1: but exactly, it, it also gives the development team, I think, a more clear
0: and concise direction that they're 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 going the right way or they're doing the right thing. And I, th- I find that every time you elevate a conversation that, and you bring in more voices and more perspectives, uh, you get more clarity around what most organizations, I mean, to be completely honest, most organizations do not have a good, clear idea of how they do business from a, from a technical perspective. So uh, this is the number one reason why most organizations struggle with CMDB and therefore CSDM is they don't know how that thing works. They've got an enterprise architecture group over here that has a map, a Visio map of that service, but no one else has access to it. So that your business owners can't say, oh, I see how this depends on the database. And it may come up in a meeting now and again, but putting that in a situation where the it's not just available, like it's not just a map to look at, but it's actionable. And the platform can say, when this event happens to this piece of infrastructure, I know that I can bubble up at a, an event that ties to this service and then everybody, no matter what their technical expertise level or involvement level is, can understand the impact of that event.
1: Yeah, it, that's so huge because that you said Visio in there too. It's also stateful, right? So this is not, yes. Visio is a one-time diagram. I mean, maybe a few times a year, it's, it goes into you for the enterprise architecture team to be able to adjust but this is something that discovery is populating on a regular basis and service mapping is ensuring that it's getting the, the right information at that point in time. And you're maybe pulling from different spokes on Integration Hub to ensure that you're, you're coalescing correctly with the data and how it relates. So it's, it's not just a, a single point in time. It, this is continually evolving and growing, as you said, in, a, in an ever agile organization. It's keeping the organization fresh to be able to
0: refer to that on a, on a any time basis. Yeah, I've never seen an organization that will pay somebody at an architect level to sit there and constantly update their visio maps. Uh, they just don't have time. So the only answer is automating this in some way to where your information is always up to date. Because otherwise, if it's out of date in your CMDB, it's it's useless to most organ you know to most people. So absolutely agree. Uh, it needs to be elevated to the point where uh, someone. Pulling up a record knows that, that that record is accurate. Whether they're looking at a service or what is impacted from an event. Great point.
1: Now, as you said, you said earlier on, it, kind of the more voices that come together and have more inputs and understanding of how the organization is operating technically, is is a, a better world for us all, or better world for the business. How, how do you think about that getting too complex or that just getting a little bit out of hand? So if I start blending all these departments and having all this input from all the different areas to feed into our, our organizational approach on CSDM, man, it could feel a little bit overwhelming at first. And I think that's why a lot of customers don't necessarily have a tough time grasping this to be able to make it a continual process. What what, what do you say to that? What do you
0: say to the complexity of getting more orgs together? It's absolutely going to be complex. and. In order, uh, there's no way around that, right? So, I mean, you're involving more voices at the table. It's going to take a level of governance. Sure. Some sort of a committee of two to three to five people, whatever size makes most sense for the organization, to bring those leaders together with a mandate to make this happen from the CIO, whatever that might be. And from, and that's how you sort of, that's the way I've seen it best um, approached from a yeah. complexity standpoint, instead of trying to have 50 voices at the table, have five. And then those five will put out a mandate so that each of those teams can march to that mandate, to that mandate and, uh, you know, deliver the, uh, the items that are needed for the entire group and organization to move forward. Got it. That's great. So you, you almost get representation from each of these different
1: parts of the org, but you're not getting the Twenty, thirty, have hundreds of people from that org. You get somebody that's collecting the information, providing it to. I'll I'll just call it the kind of center of excellence. I know it's kind of an overuse, but that's essentially where it's funneling into an area, a board, a committee, a governance crew that is making sure that this is is getting all the voices heard, but also narrowing it down into specifics on how to execute on it. And I almost I actually heard a customer call it this last week, instead of uh, Center of Excellence, it was participatory leadership. And I thought that was actually, really. yeah, I thought it was really um, a, a mindful approach to getting as, getting that kind of collaboration across the org, but ensuring that once you do get the collaboration that you're held accountable to the things that now you're providing feedback into, into that CSDM model. So w- yeah, you want to have a say at the table, you want to join the governing board, we'd love to have you. Let Just know that it's going to take on this responsibility of uh, you know, assigning some time or assigning an individual from your team to represent the, that part of the org and provide the feedback on a regular basis to ensure that the maps are getting up to date and like all the things that are are part of the process. But that participatory leadership, I thought was was kind of an intriguing concept to be able to
0: apply to a, a service ops organization. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing I I don't want to say constantly, but I'm I'm frequently reminding customers is if you. Assign someone on the team to be responsible. You have to empower them to make those decisions. And then everybody on that council, whether it's a center of excellence, a governance committee, whatever you call that, participatory leadership. I'm going to have to memorize that term. I love it. It's helpful. Uh, it's, it makes sense. But you, you definitely need to make sure that everybody agrees that the voice equals responsibility also equals the ability to say yay or nay to- to those things. So how can, how do you think technology helps in this? I mean, you've been a
1: technologist for a long time. The technology comes and goes, The you know, new platforms come up and, and make it easier in some form or fashion, but then, you know, for nature, for better or for worse, for the, the nature of humans, will kind of resort back to our old ways and the new way of doing the technology. So what, what are some things that you've seen actually successfully work with the technology standpoint in helping this structure and model and governance occur? So at
0: the base layer, I think the best and most reliable aspect of using a platform like ServiceNow to maintain a CMDB is to rely on it mostly to gather, store, and then report on that data. It doesn't replace the human process of governing and being responsible for that data, the validation steps, the verifications, to make sure that it's all right. So What I love about ServiceNow is that it is the platform of platforms. It is built to be integrated with other things. It doesn't necessarily just rely on one source to, you know, to build that CMDB. You can tie into all of the other IT platforms that you're already using to bring all that information together. Now, once you have all of that integration complete, that those records should be pretty much automated and now what. I think is great is that talking to engineers and, and architects and business owners, people who you're paying a lot of money that, you know, want, you don't just want them sitting in a glorified spreadsheet, just updating cells, you know, all day, that's kind of a waste of their time, but what it does is it elevates that job of being responsible for this data to a validation step instead of an input and maintenance step. So it doesn't become out of date. It's updated every day or every time that integration runs. And all I need to do is go in and validate my data and be able to rubber stamp and say, yes, this information is correct. So I think that elevation of responsibility is a huge win for a lot of organizations. It frees your architects up to do architect work. It frees your vice presidents of the business organization up to do vice president work instead of checking on the data, because the data should be accurate at all times.
1: Right. I I love that framing. That's a very poignant point. Rather than having to do the entry manually yourself it is now letting technology do the the quote-unquote automations part of it and then you're the validator to ensure that that reoccurring um reoccurring evidence from the the operational automation standpoint is true
0: yes and like if there's any changes to those requirements of what data needs to be in the platform that is a that's a human decision serviceNow can't make that decision well you go in and you tweak the integration or you tweak the data source and starts consuming that data from those data sources and then validate, you know, it's a, again, CMDB and CSDM, it's going to be constantly evolving and changing just like your environment is. And so when those changes happen in your environment, it takes a human decision to go in and make sure that your data is reflecting those changes. Yep. Perfect.
1: Now I'm guessing we probably have a wide array of maturity levels of the audience on where they're at on their service service ops exploration what would you maybe suggest to those in the beginning or those that are looking to do a little bit of a fresh restart on how do i how do i start this thing we we understand that we want to take an organizational approach we probably need an executive buy-in to start to bring the the different parts of the business together to talk to the operational and enterprise architecture team but where where would i start if i if i wanted to okay, now I'm getting serious about service ops and I, I want to get the organization on this, on this trajectory. What do you
0: suggest clients start? I usually want to start those conversations with what are your business objectives? What are your smart goals for the business itself? Are you wanting to improve reporting? Are you wanting to improve the response time of your service desk or your SRE teams or whomever is responding to these events? Are you wanting to, re- to be able to deliver better reportable data to your customers that are paying for these services? What are your goals? From that, we can backtrack and say, okay, here are requirements that we need to include uh, so that we can talk about data sources, integrations, and what information is required and what order of um, importance that we want to prioritize. So those are the first items that I would say. Uh secondly, definitely need to have a conversation about the whole center of excellence governance and mandate. So that would be that would those would be the top 2 items that I would say that exist outside of the platform. It's that conversation is very important to have.
1: Yeah. And and once again, this is recurring, right? So it's not something that is you know, a one-time event. Maybe the initial I think what's kind of scary about CSDM or CMDBA in the beginning is it—it it feels like there's just an overwhelming amount of information that you're collecting and that you're having to get buy off from, and you're and you're having to talk to these different departments. But you hinted towards it earlier on. You do that. What you do that initial initial kind of big brunt phase one time, and then from there the the technology begins to automate the portions of collection for example and now you have one department or you have five departments that buy off on the validation aspect that can now go and champion you into the next five departments so it it may feel a little bit arduous at, f- at first and it does take some initial upfront effort but the continual effort going forward then should alleviate a lot of the the complexities of the
0: org in the long run yeah and one analogy that a customer used, Uh, this was great. So a customer leader was explaining to their team on a call as to why uh, they expected there to be somewhat a heavy lift at the beginning. And the analogy that he used was that, have you ever tried pushing a stalled car off the road? It takes a lot of energy to get that thing rolling, but once you've got it rolling, it's easy to keep it rolling. And so it's that sort of approach where we expect a large energy expenditure at the beginning in hours and involvement But once you get things rolling, it becomes a process, just like you're already maintaining within your organization. You have all these processes, you have weekly meetings, um, and there's not a whole lot of discovery or, you know, you don't have to go in and try to establish these things. It's already established. You just need to adapt it and keep on moving as things change.
1: Make that incremental progress. I I like the framing between static energy and kinetic energy. Once the... Once the, the car is moving, then it's easier to adjust and it's easier to turn the wheel to get it moving to a different direction. And you have more people marching towards towards one area. But when this that initial phase of getting off the ground is going to take a little extra ump.
0: And a lot of a lot of leaders at the C level love to hear that it may take twenty people to get this started, but it's only gonna take five people to maintain it. Right. So you've re- you release those people back to their day jobs, if you will. Right. Great point.
1: Well, this has been really lovely, Rook. It's, uh, it's clear that you are a champion in this part of the organization. I'd, I'd love to just kind of close on where you see the industry going, what you think listeners should be thinking about, where where is AI maybe going to play into this? What, what's, like, what, the, what excites you about where ServiceOps is going?
0: So ServiceOps, I think, is dovetailing right into the whole digital transformation effort that most organizations are going through if they haven't already. So cloud's not going away and the cloud operations are now starting to be applied even at the infrastructure level for data centers, um, with automation and so forth. Uh, So I don't think that this new approach is ever going to be a wasted effort. I don't think that it's ever going to be something that we have to unlearn for something else later down the line. So I think it's here to stay and CSDM is definitely the way to kind of shepherd that information into the platform and allow the platform to then start automating off of this information, which of course, I think greases the wheels for all the processes at the business level and at the IT level. So I I really think that you'll see as, as this process becomes much more DevOps SRE sort of oriented and aligned. I think you're going to see CSDM is going to make a lot more operational sense for the organizations that have not yet gotten there. I love it. Great viewpoint, my man. Thanks.
1: Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for the, for the talk track today. That, that's It's been a blast talking, talking with you. Once again, this is John Rook Jones, Senior Solutions Architect at Beyond 20. John Rook, thanks again, my man. And uh, we'll talk soon. We'll see you next one on the Laws Today podcast. Have a great day. All right, see ya.